Hey guys, welcome to 12 Questions! Woo, 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 woo! Uh, my name is Anna Valenzuela and I'm very frustrated for recording issues. Oh my God. Um, and I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Hey, it's good to be here. Dave, can you read that clarity statement all over again, you gem of a man? <laughs> no problem. Uh, this is 12 Questions podcast. We're a podcast where we believe that growth and recovery isn't just for clean and sober people. Our mission is to share our experiences and growth by also interviewing guests who do the same. We are not affiliated with AANA or any other 12-step organizations. 12 Questions Pod has absolutely no opinion on the use of drugs or alcohol by anyone. We are simply two people that happen to be in recovery that want to interview people about their own life experiences. Although some of our guests may be clean and sober, some of them are not or choose not to divulge. The purpose of the podcast is to learn more about ourselves, and we hope that you can learn something about yourselves and each other by listening. Oh, oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. You're fantastic. And today's guest, again, one of my dream guests been too chicken to I'm gonna go through it all again I too chicken to ask her for the last year to be on the pod and of course when I get her on the pod we have what 20 minutes of hot beautiful content and then we realize Zoom decided not to record ah! <laughs> our guest how would you like to introduce yourself Hi, everybody. I'm Deborah DiGiovanni. I am clean and sober. I'm thrilled to be here. That was just the warm-up. That 20 minutes was just the warm-up. Now it's going to get good. Now it's going to get Yeah, real now it's going to get real good, real deep. Uh, real we, deep. We had covered sort of the first, we had covered the first three questions and yeah. like really beautifully. And I got to ask you guys, let's take a we'll group question. Do we want to do just like the three questions or do we want to just do like a synopsis of what we talked about before and just pick up on question four? What do you guys feel? I think we could do a breakdown. You know, I, I think uh, just Deb introducing herself, uh, you know, and what her relationship is to recovery and comedy, you know, yeah. uh, between her uh, her surrender uh, on a daily basis and uh, the insane moments being that she yeah. was actually still funny and yeah, yeah. making decisions based on those things. Deb, do you want to expound on that a little bit? Done. Okay. Um, I have been doing comedy for 20 years and I got completely clean and sober four years, six months, and 24 days ago yeah. uh, by, the, by one day at a time. And that is, um, uh, prob I'd say definitely the thing that uh, saved my life. Uh, I'm from Canada. I'm from Toronto. So you're going to hear me say aboot a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I moved to LA. Uh, this is year six. So I'm like, no, uh, like six and a half. Okay. So when I moved to LA, I had two years of uh, a lot of drugs. And my big thing was, um, you know, the real fear for me, and it was, and it had been, it'd been for 20 years. The, my real fear was uh, getting sober was that I wasn't going to be funny anymore because I had based a lot I mean, my whole life was, my whole life was uh, drugs. It just was. Um, I haven't, I haven't had alcohol in about 15 years. And I do say that, you know, I'm sober from alcohol, but it, that was, that was sort of the icing. Like it's drugs yeah. is really, is the, is the main thing. So I, um, I was really scared that I wasn't, that I was going to lose it. Like I wouldn't have the, um, the humor that I had, you know, um, cultivated over the last years. I felt like it, I wouldn't have anything to say that I wouldn't, that I would be boring. That's what it, I thought. I think a lot of people, uh, and myself included, we think of sobriety as boring, right? It's, it's mm -hmm. dull. And, um, but here's the thing, <laughs> here's the thing going through life 
sober and not numb, not dull, uh, not at all dull, because we have to feel everything, and that's hard. Um, that's really hard. So for me, it was uh, it was a big question of am I still going to be funny? And the the insane thing that I found uh, that I came to, to to figure out was I'm funnier. Comedy is better. I like myself better on stage. I like being present. I like being clear. I like listening. Do you know, before it was just like, do my set and leave. Now I watch the show. I watch other comedians. You know what I mean? I, I talk to the people around me. I, I'm, I'm present and I'm, I'm super grateful. I'm super, super grateful because, um, yeah, I probably could have skated through um, my whole career high and out of it, you know, but I, I'm just so glad that I haven't. And that is, that's the crazy thing to me that my my career that my comedy got better sober it, it did you know because i think we all think of you know creativity uh, drugs play a part and they, we've been told that for so long um yeah. so for me you know surrendering to that is huge and what we had what we had talked about before surrender is a big word it's a dramatic word um mm -hmm. but i i break it down to faith I break it down and, and faith is also another word that I know makes, makes people cringe, but it's just for, for me, it's the lack of fear. So because in my world of fear is the opposite of faith. And if I am, if I'm living in fear that I'm not living in faith. So I am saying to myself every day, you're not safe. Everything is, you know, and I don't want, and I don't want to live like that. So I have to choose because faith cannot be halfway. It's all or nothing. So I have chosen, I would rather live in faith than fear. And that's it. And if that, if I have to, tell myself 20,000 times a day to choose faith over fear. I will. And I do. Um, and then what was that? What was the last one? Surrender on how I make decisions and how, yeah, now yeah. how I make decisions is um, I still make bad decisions. I still make mistakes, but what we were talking about and what we've all had a giggle about because we just had a very big pause because the word, <laughs> uh, I guess I will, but sometimes that's how it happens. But, um, it's really important for me now, I realize, to take a breath, to take a moment. And uh, sort of the whole message of my big, long answer was, you don't need to answer things immediately. And I feel like when we are um, living in fear, we get scared to say no. Uh, we get scared to take a second and answer something. We feel like if we don't answer right away, then they're going to be gone and the opportunity will be gone and no one will ever ask us again and we will be unlovable. And that's and that's just not the case. So now it's like, can I have a second to answer? You know, let me get right back to you. And that's very new in my life and it changes things because it's either talk to my higher power, energy, God, whatever you want to call it, it, or I talk to my human sponsor or friends or someone would just get quiet. I had a therapist years ago that told me, just get quiet and answers come to you, you know? And that is, that is a very big lesson in my life and something I'm super grateful for. And I had said, and I'll say it again, because I think I'm really thinking about it now. I might get the word pause tattooed on my body just to remind yeah. myself, pause. Yeah, because it's, it's probably one of the best things you could do for yourself. Take a breath. Do some shavasana breathing, a little, little in, hold it, breathe it out. My God, calmness comes. Yeah, calmness comes. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of it has to do, a lot of it for me is uh, staying out of the outcome mm. and then remind, and reminding myself, like, if I really want to be honest with myself between my active addiction and my sobriety, I have to ask myself this question. It's like, when have I never not been taken care of? Oh, my gosh, yes. yeah. You know, yeah. so it's like if, if you even if you want to take the higher power out of it for some people who are maybe agnostic or atheist, which is we welcome all here. Absolutely. It's 
I can look at the facts that like I'm still alive. Uh, I, I, I live through active addiction and, you know, insanity and sobriety. And yet I have food, I have a bed, you know, and I, I am taken care of. So beyond that, my, my basic needs have always been met for whatever reason. And that helps me stay out of the, the, the results. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's huge. Staying out of the results is huge because we want to, but you can't control it. You just can't. I was talking to a, uh, a uh, fellow who's also a comedian and he was having this like big drama in his life. And I just said, man, you just got to live in your principles and stay out of the results. Yeah. And he said, and he has like four or five years. And he was like, I just heard about that. And I was yeah. like, what are you doing in the meetings? <laughs> Where have you been? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? You know what I heard, and it's it's you know you just you pick up those little. Mm, someone always drops a jewel. Yeah. Uh, I heard um, expectation is um, resentment on layaway. Oh. And so the minute you have expectations, you're going to be disappointed. You're going yeah. to be disappointed. So if you take expectations and the you know the results out of it, it frees it frees you from resentment. I wish I'm still working on that. I hate to tell you, it's still a thing I have to work on. Can I just pause for a moment and celebrate what fucking professionals we are on this podcast? You two just were like, bitch, we got this and just went for it. And I am just like, ladies and gentlemen, book this woman, book this man on all the TV shows, all the shows, all your podcasts, all your clubs. There is nothing that can be thrown at these humans that they cannot handle. Absolutely. Most people (sighs) be like, okay, forget it. We're done. No, let's just keep going. Yes, I love it. Well, and that requires a lot of self-awareness on yeah. your part. Like, what's the most interesting thing you've learned about yourself so far? Oh. Or the most surprising thing. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I would say, okay, it is, it is still about how um, uh, comedy, you know, comedy is still wonderful and thriving and fantastic but I think the the one thing that really is um I have always you know I've always been sort of um uh self-loathing has been a problem of of Mm. mine for you know and for a lot of us right but you know when someone says um like humility has always been a problem but in my before I got so before I started going to a 12 step like I you never could have told me that I was egotistical because my thing was like but I hate myself. So how can I be egotistical? You know, you know what I mean? And, but it's, that's, that's not what egotistical and ego and humility is about, you know? Um, and again, humility too is always a word that you're like, what is, what are we talking about? Humility is like not talking less of yourself. It's talking about yourself less. And when I am in self-hatred, it's all about me. I am this and I am the word. And it's just I, I, I. I never realized what, and honestly, I never realized what, how, how big my ego was. Because I, I feel like we are tricked into believing that when you are a de- depressive or when you have self-loathing and you're down, it's still all about you. It's still making it about myself. It was just, I'm, I'm the worst of the worst. I'm the best at being the worst. And that's still ego. And I didn't realize, and that, and that was, no, figuring that out was ego crushing, you know, because it's, it's embarrassing. You realize you're like, oh my God, I'm an egomaniac. And I, I honestly, I truly, I truly, five years ago, I, 
no. But yeah, I realized that I really run on ego. Ego was a big problem for me. And even with all of the, you know, self-defacing self, you know, oh, all that, it, it's still all ego. And, and that was, that was a real, that was a real eye opener and, re, and and understanding what humility is too was huge, huge. No idea, no idea, you know, uh, for so long. And so it's like, that was a, I, I wouldn't have learned that anywhere else if it hadn't been for a sobriety. I used to, I used to, and I still do when I tell my story, I say, uh, you couldn't hate me more than I hated me. Oh, people, absolutely. people tried, people yeah. tried. <laughs> You can try, but you will not succeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm the best. I, yeah. my, I, my life in addiction, I would describe it. I describe it to like newer people when I'm telling my story, just to kind of put like a picture to it. It's like in the movie Liar Liar with Jim Carrey, when he realizes he can maybe get out of court if he goes and whoops the shit out of himself yeah. in the bathroom. And like, he's beating the shit out of himself. And this random stranger walks in. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm kicking my own ass. Do you mind? That was me drinking and using, but I could still do that without drugs and alcohol. Like if I'm like in a mood, I'll be like, hey, excuse me. Uh, I'm, I'm busy here. I'm, I'm busy whooping the shit out of myself. Yeah. I'm busy hating myself. And it takes a lot of effort too. It takes a lot of effort to actively hate yourself. It's exhausting. <laughs> I just did a soul wrenching, like surgery type four step with my sponsor. It's been a few, you know, I've done this, is not my first four step rodeo. Yeah. I've done a few, but I had to do it because I hadn't done one since I started stand up. And there's so much in the entertainment world that is just blindingly insane. And at one point, she just stops. She looks at me. We're about half the resentments in. And she goes, I, I'm not saying that you don't have a part, but these people are insane. <laughs> She's like, you signed up for it, yeah. but these people are nuts. And, and it's so, it's just so crazy because that it's that ego. Yes. The, the exhausting soul sucking turn. She just looks, sometimes she'll call me, I'll send her a text and she'll just say, Hey, do me a favor. Turn off the ass kicking machine today. Just wanted to say that. Love you. Bye. But mm -hmm. it is just self-centered fear. Yeah. It is. And and it's celebrated a lot of times, especially in entertainment. It's like, it's really celebrated. It's really fascinating thing to, to be in. But also guys, if you're doing that, it's mad exhausting. Absolutely. It is so exhausting. Put yeah. that down for that. Yeah, exactly. What someone says, someone I didn't mean not too long ago said, uh, get down from the cross, Carol. We need the wood. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that's, it's great. That's some, that's some yeah. old school. My that's dad some was, old school. Like that's someone that's been sober for like 40 years, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. grew up in AA and that was my dad. That was definitely something my dad would say. How about you get off the cross? We need yeah. the wood. We need the wood. That's great. <laughs> Good. So crazy. What's your level, like speaking of that, like self-reflection, like reflection, what's your level of honesty with yourself, others? Um, uh, you know, actually, um, pretty good i um because once getting sober like because i like a lot of addicts i was such a liar like the desperation to be honest now is like it's um it's probably a problem like i will probably have to do a step on it because it's i am i am uh, i'm very scared of not being believed now um it that it frightens me because i was i was just such a liar i was just such a liar like everything I said was a fib or a, just a huge lie or even just an exaggeration, 
You know, that's another thing too that like I feel like, yes, we're performers. So yeah, on stage, we take it up a notch. Everything is multiplied by a thousand on stage. But that doesn't mean in real life that exaggeration needs to come into every single thing I say. Because it's just, I mean, like, I, like stupid things. Oh, it took me uh, 20 minutes in real life. It took me an hour and a half. It's just like, why am I saying that? Because it's like, oh, it makes it a better story. But I, I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. You know, I just, I want to be honest. So I would say with the, the world, I'm very honest. With myself, that's, I still struggle with honesty um, with myself, you know. Um, and, and like, it can even be like, I'm in many programs. I'm in, I'm in another program right now. Um, and that one is, I relapse on that one a lot. It's not a, it's not a substance of, uh, program, but I relapse. And it's like, you know, at the beginning of, you know, the, the first couple of pages of the books, right? It says, you know, the only people that will not succeed in this are people who are unable to be honest. And I, sometimes I struggle with that. And I just go, okay, I relapsed on something. I did something and my brain wants to be sneaky. My brain wants to go and say, you don't need to say it. You don't need to say it. You know it yourself. You know what you've done. And just, you can move on. But that's, that's, just, that's just not going to work. That's going to bite you in the ass at some point. Step 10 is very important where you do your, you know, your um, uh, inventory, your daily inventory. It, you know what I mean? It's just the little things that I go through and I go, oh no, yeah, I did do that. And it's, 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 because if you're not honest, then you're carrying it the next day and the next day and the next day. And it's just like, it's so much easier to just be honest. No, it's simple, but not easy. It's, it's simple to be honest because then it's done. Then you don't have to, then you don't have to walk around pretending like, oh, did I tell that person? Did I say that? It's lies are messy. Honesty yes. is very clean. Yeah. Yes. And mm. like, like the disease that exists in my family, there's a lot of lies and a lot of exaggeration. And I was raised with that sort of like, make it a big story, change it up a little bit, very big fish mentality. And when I got clean and I started to like do this behavior, it was so uncomfortable. It's the emotional equivalent of when your sock falls into your shoe, but you're not in a good place to pull your sock back up. You're just like, ah, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> but not but not unbearably uncomfortable. Yes. Just bothered. Yeah. Bothered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And if I you leave that. it long enough, it will create a blister, but not yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do that. I, I love that Marin joke where he says kind of his experience at the 10th step is fuck you, I'm sorry. And it's yeah. it's, <laughs> it's the same thing. I'll be like, I'll be like, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll be like, sorry, that was an exaggeration. Yeah. I really <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry about that. You know. Yeah, yeah, but we still do it. The same thing. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my ten step. Ooh. <laughs> a lot of apologies, all the time. <laughs> well, and a lot of the times too, it's not even big lies. Like, no. uh, like I was, I was in a, a meeting this morning, and I was talking about it. Like, it's as bad as like if you ask me if I've heard of a specific band or person, I'll be like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not super familiar with them, but like I, I you know, I think I, it sounds familiar to me, and that's as close to honesty as I, and that's because yeah. that's not, it's not entirely honest, but it's even no. with dumb things because it's like I fear that you won't think I'm cool or Same. that I, I can't relate to you or yeah. things like that. So I, you know, what I say, I say all the time this. I say this all the time. Oh, I've heard that name. I've heard the name. Oh, Deborah, come on. What are you doing? You, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Even if I have heard the name, like my brain is Swiss cheese from all the nose yeah. beers, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and, 
and the like the one that gets me all the time is have you seen that show i'm just gonna start to say no i haven't seen that show do you know how many shows there are in the world we all wrote some (laughs) like it's it's crazy but yeah you had mentioned before um your your experience of fear and anxiety like what is that for you um well i think that um Unfortunately, I sort of like fear is sort of like my baseline. Um, it's just sort of like the hum um, that, you know, I turn up or turn down. And um, yeah, so fear, I, I you know, I wasn't, um, I had a traumatized youth and I was never protected as a child. So I think I just sort of, uh, Same. I, oper- I yeah, I operate on mm-hmm. fear like a lot of us do, not unique, you know. Um, so I do operate on fear all the time. So, um, and, and fear is like, it's it's so strange because it's like it's fear of good and it's fear of bad. It's it's all it's all encompassing for me. So it's not like though like am I scared that I'm going to get COVID and die? Yes, but am I also scared that you know uh, something's going to happen and I'll be very successful, or something is going to you know I'm I'm scared of all the things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I I really do. There is a there's a fear of I think it's probably. Um, like a fear of the real base, like the real deep is, you know, fear of, of vulnerability, right? You know, it's like, because mm-hmm. when I, when I speak of like being scared of success, that's sort of like a classic, you know, the fear of success. And, you know, I want to ask my therapist, like, what is that? He's like, it's, it's actually because the more successful you are in anything, in anything, it doesn't have to be show business. It can be anything. Uh, the more successful you are, the more access people have to you. Do you know what I mean? In any in any part of your life, when it's successful, people see success and then they go, "Hey, what's that?" Or "What do you you know?" And they're drawn to you. And I think that is what scares a lot of us, you know, because I I fear rejection. I fear people uh, realizing I'm not cool. Feel you know that like that I'm a fraud. That whatever you know. And I think so. I think my fear is really it's based in not wanting to be vulnerable. You know, not wanting that anxiety for me too is another thing. I am, I am an anxious person. I'm a nervous girl. And, and that's a uh, bit, again, that is, you know, um, being combated with, you know, with faith. Um, because again, I was just saying how well I'm taken care of. I, I am, I'm so well taken care of. And it, it, the, the idea that it's going to stop is, it serves me nothing. It's, it's, yeah. that's, it's foolish. You know, it, again, you know, um, I, like if we just keep it to comedy for a second, I've been doing comedy 20 years, you know, 20 years. And I've been taken care of for 20 years. I have not had a day job. That was me quoting everyone air, big air quotes. Um, excuse me. I've not had a day job for 14 years. I have made a living off of comedy for 14 years. Yes. That I mean, my gosh, to be I mean, celebrated. every single day of my life. A gratitude it's on my gratitude list every single day of my life and so the idea that it's going to stop is is a slap in the face to the universe because the universe is taking care of me for this long so I, I i choose to believe that i will be taken care of this doesn't mean that i make stupid you know stupid decisions uh and there's still anxiety especially now in the world yeah um that we're living in a pandemic especially now in the world but it's just you know um I think I think a, a lot of relief. I, I can't remember if this is one of the questions, but a lot of relief from anxiety comes with the idea of one day at a time. 
living mm-hmm. one day at a time. And like, I go deeper than that. And I live one hour at a time because no one, there's no, there's no uh, certainty in the world with the only thing mm-hmm. that is certain is that I'm sitting with you two right now. That's the only thing that I'm certain of. That's it. I do not know what's going to happen in 15 minutes. You know, I don't know if a con- container of cream is going to explode on my floor. I don't know <laughs> if, if the recording is going to stop. I have no control over that. And that really helps with anxiety because if you just go, I only need to worry about this moment right now. Uh, yeah, you know, Cause future leaping is anxious. You know, we know this past is regret. Future is anxiety. And and present is bliss. So they, if you uh, can live AI, if you can live in the moment, you're halfway there. They they used to say this when I was first getting sober that if you got one foot in the past and one foot in the future, you're pissing all over today. Oh, yeah, that's good. But it's oh, it's that's good. It's true. It's true. And you're not enjoying it either. Like being present. Ooh, being present is hard. But it is, um, and, and not for not just for not just for addicts. It's for everybody. Yeah, that is a hard one for everyone in the yeah, world. That's We're all definitely very concerned. A, what's going to happen? Yeah, that's definitely a human problem. And even yeah. like I was talking to my therapist, he's like, the present is safe. Yeah, like it is the only really, it's the only really safe uh, a space. Yeah. There is past and too much yeah, in the yeah. future. It's yeah. like it, it, that. Those aren't. That's not reality. You know. For so for people like me or whoever might be like wanting to feel safe and then realizing that it's 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 in staying here in this mm-hmm. moment, and that just seems like such a fucking mind fuck to a lot of you know what my natural inclinations are. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is, and I think that's a lot of our, in, our natural inclinations too, and it still is. I still have to remind myself one day at a time, one to, one day at a time, over and over. And I, I really do one hour at a time because it's the only way to, especially now in the world, like honestly, people in 12 step right now, I, this is, we've been preparing for this for years. You know, yes. I mean, this is the show. This is the big show. I mean, honestly, the thing one day at a time is, is probably like when people ask me, how are you doing this? I'm like, one day at a time. I cannot worry about December. I won't, I won't be able to get up. I won't be able to get out of bed. So I just go, I worry about right now, today, this hour, and I'm okay. It makes me feel calm. My sponsor is kind of, she's given me a very big task with my uh, sixth step. She wrote down instead of my defects while I was doing my fifth step, she wrote down my fears. Mm. And it's this like over 50 fears. Oh. And, she goes, and she goes, I want you to journal on all of these before we actually get started. Oh. And and just the thought of doing it brought my anxiety up. I was up at like three in the morning last night, couldn't sleep. And I grabbed my notebook and I wrote on the top of it, um, if, if fear is the engine, anxiety is the transmission. Oh. Like it's the, it's these two wheels. And so I had to, but I started writing about it and I was like, you know what? That's not that bad. It's not that yeah. bad girl, but it's time yeah. to confront it. It's time to yeah. get with it in a real intimate way. And it, and it's, it's interesting, like our fears can lead us to those character defects. Is there anything that you're still, that you, that you would like to, a defect you're still addressing, something you're still wrestling with on a daily basis? Yeah. Self-loathing is still a problem. It is. It's because it's my resting place. It's very easy for me. It's a very deeply grooved record. Um, It's just, I, like it was. Five years ago, it was the sky is blue. I hate myself. You know what I mean? That's just fact. That was just fact. Um, so that one still, I, I, and you know, and the funny thing is, is that I find it comfortable. 
You know, it's a very comfortable place for me to be. Uh, it's also, according to my therapist, it's also a dopamine rush for me, you know, because all people, all humans want dopamine. Um, yeah. But addicts, you know, we um, probably want it a tiny bit more than, yes. than normal folks, uh, normies. Um, but, uh, and it comes in, it's, it's, it comes in that rush of adrenaline that you get. Um, so when, you know, someone, well, how would, why is self-hatred a rush? It is like, I, it still is. So I don't drink, I don't smoke, um, cigarettes. I don't do drugs. I am in the food program. I, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot above the sort of the natural rushes are, are gone or taken from me. Yeah. So, a rush for me is still, you know, that feeling of um, uh, hating myself, people hating me. It's like that. I nickname them the bad fantasies. It's still a rush because it gives me that. Uh, it gives me that fear rush, you know. Because fear, I mean, you know, we have, there's escape rooms now. My God, people pay to be <laughs> frightened. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a rush. It's still a dopamine yep. rush. It's a weird one, but it 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 is one. So I still I still do struggle with uh, self-loathing. I also um, I struggle with um, uh, negativity as well, and um, uh, gossip is a, is a big one for me because the world runs oh. on go- gossip is currency in the world. Uh, like, what do you got? Who you, who are we gonna talk about? And it's really hard. It's really hard, especially and I I'm in everybody's world, but I, cause I know you're talking about Nancy in the accounting office, but in our industry, it's just, it's oh. like, it's, it's jokes, it's fodder. It's just currency, you know? Cheap. And it's, um, it's cheap. You yeah. know, I mean, I definitely, I definitely have friends that like, you know, when we do zoom coffees and she'll be like, okay, so what's the gossip? And it's just like, I gotta go. Oh, is it that time? I gotta go. And it's hard to, cause we want to, it's, you know, it's still fun. It's, it's bonding. And it is, it sounds so simple, mm-hmm. but it is, it is. And it's, it's really, it's really hard for me. And again, that was one that I didn't really think about before. Never thought about well, it. Didn't care. And, and that, and that too, it's just, uh, with, with the whole gossip, if I, what, I work on this too, and it's just like, none of the stories I'm going to tell you about another comedian or a club or an instance are made any better by no. denoting the name of the person, their gender, the club's location. I can just Absolutely. tell you that, yeah. yo, Deb, I got fucked out of some money and yeah. I want to talk about it. You know, now, if you're potentially going to go work this place, it's my That's duty to warn say, like, you. Exactly. Saving someone from hardship is fine. But you're right. telling yeah, yeah. me naming but, it, like, it doesn't make yeah, it a like, better story. No. And that's the thing too. It's just like, if I got to complain about a comic who like, and this is back in the Midwest that like, I was booking an independent room and they came down and I, and I, I paid them out of my own pocket out of the ATM because the numbers weren't good. And then they chose to like rip me up and down because the money wasn't good, even though like it was just a door deal. It's like, I don't have to tell anybody whether that was a male or female comic. I don't have to tell anybody not to book this person, although I want to. Because, you know, you, you know, that it's just bad business, but it, it only just makes me feel good because if I tell you the specifics, you'll be like, yeah, fuck that person. And then I'm like, oh, cool. I'm not alone. But it really, it, the, the story can exist without any of the specifics. And, and, and it's interesting too, because people always want, name them, name them, you know, because even like now in the world where things are going on and people are standing up and saying, this happened to me. The first, who is it? Name names. Yeah. And again, it's like, it's not. It's quite often not necessary. 
I just had a very, first off, in Spanish, there is a term for this, and it's called chisme. And it's, it's, so it's a little more than gossip. It's telling a truth in a gossipy way and bonding. That's like oh, the full intention yeah. of chisme. Yeah. And you can call somebody, I, I, I remember like, oh my God, when I first learned that word, I was like, oh, these chismoso motherfuckers with their <laughs> mouths running. And, and I fall into that a lot. And I have a little button sometimes I'll put on to remind myself that says chisme. And it's like, it's, it's important to like, I have to stay out of that spiritually, but I had a moment this week. Um, some women confided in me about sexual harassment in 12-step meetings, and I lost my mind. I said, tell me who they are. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I will find them, and I will roast them the house down and yeah. then dox their ass. And also, yeah. you should take a screen cap of those penises that they sent you. Like, I was like, yeah. girl, I will... I will, and, and I have to remember, like, no, that's not the most spiritual no. <laughs> way, and, but I chose to talk about it, not naming names, not naming fellowships, not naming anything, just to say, like, guys, if you're in a Zoom meeting, no one's there for that. No one. No one is there for that. I did add the little threat, though, but that's just yeah. bottom. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I will find you. And I will make you uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I still gotta, I still gotta let that be known. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because my fear exposes itself as fight, not flight. So yeah. if if I if I'm if I'm actually angry, it's because I'm in a tremendous amount of fear. But like, yeah, I love it. And none of those women, bless their hearts, never told me a name. They were like, yeah. they told me the clean yeah. time that the person had thirty six years. Pendejo. Um, and they had, you know, 36 years. They told me it was a man. They told me what area it was, but they didn't, they didn't give me any more specifics, which is good because I would have gotten myself in trouble. <laughs> well, yeah. No, nothing gets me ready to fight more than when someone threatens the thing I care about. So oh, whether yeah. it's recovery, yeah. whether it's comedy, yeah. whether it's my yeah. family or friends, yeah. I'm usually a pretty peaceful dude. But if you if you throw up a threat to any of yeah. these things that I hold sacred, yeah. I will lose it. Like I will lose my mind. Like I, I've been in scenarios where I've had to literally ask the person telling me, "Do would you like me to do something about this?" Yeah, and, and get permission. You know, and and it, it, it's been a case where they've been like, "Please don't do anything." Yeah, because because I can take it and make it about me and then go balls to the wall and like you hurt me or someone I care about, I'm going to make you never want to hurt anybody again, which is unrealistic and it's not real. <laughs> but like <laughs> once I, once I put my own spin on it, like it becomes all about me and less about mm -hmm. the person or the people in general. And, you know, in, in the stuff in question that Anna is talking about, it's just like, as a dude in recovery, it's my job to talk to fucking dudes in recovery, you know? And, and you know, 90% of the guys I hang with might not be these scumbags, but mm -hmm. they might know a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy. And that's how the information gets there. Mm -hmm. Totally. Oof. Which kind of brings us to, it's like we get through those defects, we work on them, we have to deal with other people's defects. How do you experience forgiveness in your life? Uh, um. I've been, I've been very fortunate that I have been, uh, forgiven for, um, you know, the things that I've honestly been sorry for. Um, but, uh, you know, it's interesting because it's like, 
you know, I've done my, I've done the ninth step and I've asked for, you know, um, forgiveness, but it's interesting because since, since joining program, it's like, okay. Um, I remember at the very beginning of working with a sponsor having to, um, cancel, I canceled on her, but it wasn't, it wasn't for a good reason. I was scared. I didn't want to talk to her. So I canceled and I gave her two hours notice and she said, okay. She said, but I'm very disappointed and uh, I'm, I'm angry that you've done this to me. And I was like, I said, I'm sorry. She said, I hear you. I hear that you're sorry, but I, I still have the right to be angry that you wasted my time, that you didn't give me enough notice. She said, so, and like, I literally, uh, I was like ill. I, I didn't, I like, I didn't understand. I was like, but I've said sorry. And it's funny because it's like, I realize now that that's not, Saying sorry is actually not, um, it's not always uh, the mm -hmm. whole thing, you know? It's not always the whole thing. So uh, realizing that, so it's like, have you, when you hurt someone, when I hurt someone, when someone hurts me, I'm allowed to be hurt. They're allowed to be hurt. People are even allowed to be angry with you. That's even allowed. But being, you know, forgiveness is like, accepting, you know, accepting that what, or I'm, I'm, I'm like, I think I'm more talking about like how I ask for forgiveness than experiencing forgiveness. Um, how I ask for forgiveness is different now because now it's, I, 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 people are allowed to be angry with me when doing the ninth step, doing amends, people don't have to forgive you. One of my sisters has not forgiven me. She said to me, I am not going to forgive you. And I, you know what? The beautiful thing about this wow. though is keeping my side of the street clean. My side of the street is clean. I asked for forgiveness. I meant it. I offered amends. She said no. And I'm telling you the truth. I think of it never. I think of it never. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah. I asked. It's gone. And that is, that is maybe what I was trying to get to because that's what it is. It's, it's when you honestly, truly ask for forgiveness and the making of amends as well. It's not just like, um, you know, I'm sorry. And then moving on. It's like, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to change my behavior. And if there's a way I can make amends to you, I will, you know, be it paying someone back. Uh, I'm, you know, in ninth step, I donated money to places that I, you know, stolen from, you know, yes. what, or in, in the name of something else saying, okay, I worked for a company owned by a Korean family that that company is no longer there, made a donation to a Korean founder. Like that's, that, yeah. that's an amends. But like personally with someone, it's like, you know, asking for forgiveness and being forgiven, forgiven is like, I, I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to do it again, you know, but forgiveness for me, you know, asking for forgiveness, it's, it, it's, it's the act of asking for forgiveness is the part that heals you, you know? So being forgiven is actually not necessary. If that sounds yeah. weird, it's nice. We want it, but it's actually not necessary. I cannot control how my sister feels. I cannot control it. If she yeah. wants to walk around with that wound still open, that's, that's her business. That's her business. I, I've, I've said I was sorry and I meant it and I've changed my ways and, and, and that's all there is to it. So I don't know if that answered the question. No, that that was, it does. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it, and it also, it leads into the next one. Uh, what has been your most surprising amends or apology? Like what is the one maybe you've oh. made or had made to you that has been the most surprising? 
I, oh yeah, I, um, the, the ones that are the most surprising and again, ego are the ones where they, um, my sister said no, although I'm not totally surprised by that if I'm honest, but, um, there was a girl that I bullied terribly in high school. I was severely bullied. And then I, I think often it happens when you're bullied, you find someone less than and you go, or someone that you assume is less than, and you go, I'm going to pick on you because I got to. I don't even the score. I bullied a girl terribly and um, did the research, found her, and um, you know, told her what I was doing. And I apologized for my behavior. And she didn't respond for almost like two weeks. Ooh. And it was just like, but I said, sorry, excuse me. Like it was, you know, I expected to be, you know, forgiven and praised. And it didn't, and then she eventually did write me back and she said, you know, um, I'm surprised that you apologized. I didn't think you had it in you. Like really just kind of, and again, doing the amends is not, is not licensed for someone to tear you apart and, and treat you like garbage. It's not, you know, cause I thought that was the way. And it's like, that's, that's actually not it. But, um, she, you know, she said, uh, I, you know, it, hurt me to hear from you again. And I felt like I wasn't going to apologize, but I have a wonderful life and um, I do forgive you. And, um, you know, it was a very big sigh of relief, but it was that, that, that the first time that I realized that it was like, Oh um, yeah, I've, I've treated people badly and a lot of them have its uh, effect on their life. Which is, I mean, again, it's not ego, but you know, bullying someone in high school, I didn't even think about how it was going to affect another human being, even though how much it affected me. Um, so that was, that was very eye-opening to me and very um, humbling to me. Um, and I'm very grateful that she did, um, you know, accept my apology and forgive me and didn't really even ask for amends, even though uh, I tried to continue to um, make it, uh, it just in the, in the way I live. Um, but yeah, that one was, it was surprised. I'm also surprised too about, you know, uh, boyfriends. Cause I thought they would call the police if I texted, to be honest, I really did. I thought it was going to be like, you're breaking the, the, whatever, the, the petition. I thought that, that was, was going to happen, but it didn't, it didn't. And they, uh, the, the, the forgiveness from, uh, ex-boyfriends was immediate and, um, quite joyful. And that was, that was a big shock. I really, I, I didn't think I would get responses or at least, or, you know, I'd get negative responses, but it was, it was a very, very, um, very, really good experiences. So it was, uh, that's, it's very nice. So I've kind of, I've kind of had the, you know, the whole gamut really, you know, I'm, I'm sure you and I share the, the, the character trait of bringing a lot of intensity to a relationship, a lot of emotional intensity, a lot of energy. A little bit, little bit, little bit. I had a funny incident. My roommate, uh, Brandy Posey, uh, she, she came running into my room. I was in the, I was in a meeting. She came running into my room. She goes, can I ask you something really quick? I was like, sure. And she said, I just got this message on Facebook and it's this girl apologizing to me for bullying me in elementary school. And I don't have any recollection of this person of being bullied or the person she's referencing that we both knew. And she goes, 
is this an amends? Is somebody making <laughs> amends to me? And I yeah, said, yeah, girl, somebody yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. But they were yeah. so nervous. They started at the top of the list with the easy yeah, ones, yeah. the kids sure. from school. You and betcha. then they, they, they wrote it out and they were in all this fear when they wrote it. And they didn't even check to see if you were the right Brandy Posey. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she messaged them back and they were like, oh yeah, I made a mistake. I'm <laughs> so sorry. Anyway, uh, sorry though. <laughs> you know, oh, that's cute. That's cute. It really made yeah. my day. That was like yeah, a, that was a COVID miracle. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's, that's, so a, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> just apologizing, just spraying apology out <laughs> in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, uh, what is, you know, you've talked a lot about the 10 step. Yeah. What is the um, the thing that your practice right now that's keeping you sane? Ooh, um, I do. I have my schedule. I do my ritual, um, and I the thing that really keeps me sane because, and I know that because when I don't do it, it just the day isn't as good. The day doesn't go by as smoothly. Um, I every morning, I whatever my plan is uh, to get up, or what time to get up, or you know what my first thing is, I give myself a half an hour to. I, I read um, from a for today, like a daily reader. I read that. I write a little bit about that. I do my prayers. And I get, you have to trust whoever's listening. Me saying God in prayers, like it makes me cringe because it's words that I don't love. But I, 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 still, I still do them because that's, I don't know how else, I don't know other words for it. I still pray. And um, so, yeah, it's um, reading, writing, praying, and then meditating. And meditating, I'm still very new at. I'm not good at it. It it is truly. It's like sometimes it's sometimes I follow do an app. I'll do a meditation. I'll do a lead uh, meditation. Or sometimes I just breathe with my eyes closed. You know, sometimes it's just getting quiet and taking a second. But it's really only that that whole what I've just twenty minutes, maybe twenty minutes, and that is just something that just makes the day go smoother. Just makes things start out on the right foot. And then at night, I also try to do, um, I do do my 10 step at night. And again, five minutes, you know, and it, 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 honestly, it's like, you know, at first you think, well, am I gonna, how much am I going to, no, it's just, it's, it's not a lot of time. It's it has really never not been a lot easier. Yeah. Never. I mean, seriously. So it's, it's in the, and how I do the 10 step is I just kind of chronologically, chron chronologically go through my day. What did I do today? What did I say today? Who did I talk to? Did I do, did I do? And then I do, was I in fear today? Was I jealous today? Was I negative today? And I go through, a lot of it's like making amends to myself. A lot of it is, you know, a quick little, hey, sorry I did that. Like that little whatever, quick, quick, quick. Because uh, the big ones, the things that you do during the day, like now I'm at the point where when I fuck up, I know I fucked up. And then I can usually um, ask for forgiveness or, or, you know, repair the situation pretty quickly. But yeah, those are just sort of the, the rituals that I have in place. And also, you know, just remembering to, you know, trying to stay present and, and keeping my, you know, my, what I call my higher power, a, a part of my day, like just with little, like, thank you. You know, my, my sponsor always says the two shortest prayers are thank you and help. And that's, mm. you know, so easy. It can just be like, Oh, pausing. Hello. Help me. Hello. Thank you. Like just a little, just moments like that. And that seems to, it seems to just make the day go smoother. You know, I can tell days that I haven't, that I didn't read, write, pray, breathe. You know, those, those days you feel it. 
and in the regards like for praying too for me like when i first got sober like i i would i was told that i could do it however i wanted so like to take some of the sting off of it meaning like yes. my preconceived notions about it i would yeah. just be like higher dude please help me get Seriously. through the day and yes. that was it like i yeah. it was like it was yes. higher dude it was thanks for this bed you know just yeah. to the universe so even at the very least for you know like and i and i'm very conscious of the atheist agnostic yeah. uh mm -hmm. fa faction um it literally can just be the act of you vocalizing words into yes. into the air it yeah. releases some tension whether Absolutely, it go, goes anywhere it lands in a box and gets yeah. de dealt with it's like it's listening and speaking to the universe it is it really is and it's like that's like you know because my thing you know i grew up in a very religious family and i i've always been like ooh, like it's it turns me off um but it is it's just like especially like with gratitude you know um thinking gratitude is great but there's something about writing it down or saying it that just sort of makes it real so that's the same thing about how i feel with prayers it's just saying it out loud you know even if it's just you know whispering it to myself but like when you you know when you when you really you know like when you really need it like saying it out loud is it just seems to it just seems to help it just seems to help i don't know why it's the mystery of of the world you know it's just one of those things that we don't know why but it works so with well, your i love it with your yeah. prayer and meditation practice what's your relationship with your higher power like um oh it's um uh, it, it's changed over the years but i think i've landed on like sort of a um honestly it's i often call it mother nature i often call it mother which is so, so creepy mother mother mommy but it is very much like it is a it's a maternal figure for me because i uh, my mother is gone. She's she passed away two and a half years ago. But I also had a very troubled relationship with my mother, and I think I've always just wanted the mom that I wanted. You know, um, yeah. And it so I've I've made my it my higher power, my God. I've made it just a maternal, loving, you know, whatever energy that thinks I'm fucking great. You know, that just yeah. is not, it doesn't condemn, doesn't hate, doesn't judge because, you know, a lot of religions, it's very, there's a lot of pious and there's a lot of, you know, uh, don't do And that's, that's not, that's not how I think of, uh, my, my higher power. I think of it as very accepting, thinks I'm the greatest is a huge fan, big fan, big fan. <laughs> and I just, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's the mother that we are, the mother that I've always wanted, you know, I, the one I'm that I can talk to about anything. Yeah. I'm going to steal that from you. Cause I Seriously. also had a contentious relationship with my mom and I lost yeah. her a little over 10 years ago. And my dad, same contentious relationship. And I lost him in 1999 and I'm just mm. going to call it the parent, man. Seriously. Yeah. That's it is. amazing. It's, it's, it's very nice. It's because Cause then you can choose it. You know, you can be like, yeah. what do I want it to look like? And then there it is oh i love that big fan i love yeah. that <laughs> ah, what kind of religious did you grow up my mother and father are something called christian reformed whoa which is yeah it's heavy duty it's heavy duty it's hands it's you know it's oh, yeah it's a, it's a lot is it like yeah. Pentecostal it's a little church? it's a little it's a little like that whoa. it is it's yeah it's very very um and it's also like all other religions are wrong Oh, okay. No. No, that that's yeah, that's how they oh. that's how they roll. Or they mother did. Yeah, my father still very much. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, a lot. That's a lot. Wow. Well, girl, we made it. You're we fantastic. did. 
What here's this was our, lovely. I really enjoyed this. Thank you very much. Well, we do have one question okay. left, and this has been lovely. I'm telling you, this is one of the best episodes. You're amazing. Yay! And like, what is one thing you want to tell somebody just like you in the world? <sighs> okay, you know what? I've said this before on a podcast, but I'm going to say it again because I mean it. Someone just like me, I just want to say. You, you're enough. You're worth it. You're enough. You're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth all. You're allowed to have joy. You're allowed to feel free. You're allowed to be proud of yourself. You are enough. It, you, you just, because I think a lot of us walk around going, I'm not worth it. I'm not allowed to, I can have some, but not all. And we're just not put on the planet to have some. We're put on the planet to have, to have all. And whatever that all looks like, it does not matter. You know, it's not, it's not the, the riches that we all kind of grow up wanting. It's just being taken care of, having a roof over my head, having money in my bank, you know, just being alive and well. And, and that's, that's really all I think. And, and, you know, and having connection and knowing you're not alone, it's just, it's all the things, but it's just, to me, it's like everyone deserves that. You are equal to every single other person. You are equal to, uh, you know, anyone that you think is better than you no, they're they're exactly the same as you and anyone that you think is less than you wrong the same so we are all worth it we are all enough and uh, we all deserve love joy safety you know faith strength all the things i love it it yay we made it yeah we made it we recorded it and we recorded it the whole time. Oh, uh, we did it. I had to get out a little squishy so I could de escalate. I was like, girl, what? Uh, where can people find you and enjoy um, the, you online love, all right. and everywhere? I would say, I'd say probably go, go to uh, Def, on Twitter. It's my full, my full name. It's Deborah D. Giovanni on Twitter. And then on Instagram, it's Deborah D.G. So D-E-B-R-A-D-G. And those are the best places now. We'll post our, my Zoom shows or whatever else. And yeah, and all the things that you need to do. And Tune just follow in. along. It's fun. Tune in. You you are one of the funniest women I've ever met in the world. I'm oh, I'm, that's not blowing, I'm not blowing smoke up your skirt. I swear to you. you. When I, I you're one of the people that when you can tell a comic is good when everyone comes back in to watch their set. And yes. you're definitely one of those people. <laughs> Thank you. That's nice. I'm very grateful. I love it. I love it. Dave, where can Thank people you find so much. you? Uh, people can find me at Yates Comedy, Y-A-T-E-S Comedy, all over the interwebs. And then uh, if you like hot sauce, I make and sell my own brand of hot sauce called Ha Ha Hot Sauce. So you can buy that at HaHaHotSauce.com. It is my only source of income right now, so please buy hot sauce. <laughs> I like hot sauce. It's really good hot sauce. Oh, I used good. to, I've said this before, I used to make and sell my own salsa when I first moved to LA. And I have to tell you, his hot sauce is, as a, as a connoisseur, it is, it is delightful. Oh, good. Uh, you can find me at Anna V is Fun on Twitter and Instagram. You could also find me at AnnaValensWayla.com. Uh, and you can actually find me at Anna, at Anna V is Fun on Facebook with my fan page. Um, I know that a lot of 12-step people love a Facebook. Um, and, uh, if you want to find this podcast, you can find us on Facebook, 12 Q pod. You can find us on Instagram, 12 Q pod. You can find us on Twitter, 12 Q pod. And we will at some point tell your friends about us because guys, 
we want to launch a Patreon, but we have to have a certain number of subscribers to give you guys additional content, you know, so um, please uh, help us do that. Tell your friends, tell your wife, tell your kids. Um, and how we end this podcast every time is, uh, Deb, if nobody's told you this today, we love you. Oh, thank you. I know. I needed that. I needed that. Oh, thank you. This is lovely. Dave, if nobody's told you this today, we love you. Thanks. Oh, that's nice. Usually he's very uncomfortable with it. And <laughs> if, you're li- if you're listening this- to this today, guys, if nobody's told you this today, we love you. Yay. Bye. Thanks for Bye. listening. <gasps> Thank you so much. Thank you. This oh. Let me know. Thank you.